podcast. Thank you everyone joining us on a Tuesday evening. Of course, Mr. Max Simpson. And joined by a man who just has absolutely abysmal FIFA skills. It's Mr. Owen Evans. How are we doing? I beat you in the end. Listen, well, we're, no, I'm getting this out of the way. I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going off the rails immediately. I need I need some help settling this, okay? Can we lay out? Can we lay out what happened? We're gonna well, lay out. You said that you would do it that way. No. That's your own no, fault. No, no, you, we're, conceded. We're, we're gonna... you, you conceded that you would play as a really bad team. We're gonna lay, we're gonna lay out exactly what happened. We play two games. Yeah. All, all, actually, all, we play all these games. Uh, Owen is a four-star team. They're Monaco. I am a half-star team from the Republic of Ireland, which was a university, in fact. Their highest-rated attribute the was a 59. Their 59 is their highest-team-rated attribute. Yeah, but again, Max, you and said I you had, would do and, that. And I had the you bro- said you would do that. I had the broken controller. You're not going to beat what's in front of you. I had, the, I, had, you. I had the bus controller, and I win the first two matches 1-0. Owen then finally to... gets in the groove. And but you've been warming up. You played three games oh immediately prior. Oh, my gosh, prior. bro. But I win with game, a half-star team. You should not be in this competition with a half-star team. See, Reese in the chat, UCD, AFC, 4Live. That's what I was playing with. He gets it. Owen, you're inferior. You shouldn't have dropped any points against me in that manner. But we can't say the same thing for Phoenix Rising. How's that for a segue? Because we are still... It's an awful segue, man. Yeah, yeah, we're still... Uh, we're <laughs> you're not, forcing it. You're forcing it We're not much. Paul Blart Markov. That's a bad segue. Uh, no, but we are still kind of trying to figure out everything from Saturday's match. Um Kind of a tough one, right? I know, like we mentioned, and for those of you who somehow missed it, if you live under rock, rising, lost, 2-1, two, 2-1, two, they did, to San Antonio, to San, to San Antonio. Yeah. they go up after about 20 minutes or so, but they are down a man after, uh, before those, uh, after those 20, uh, 10 minutes into it, they go down a man, and then 10 minutes later, they score, and then they hang on until the 85th minute, where, hey, they drop a goal, it's the equalizer, and then two minutes in the stoppage time, they drop another, they end up losing that match. I know that we were very much up on the performance, given anything, everything that happened. How do you feel now? I still feel good. Yeah. I still feel as though the team showed a lot of heart. Yeah. I think the team in very awkward circumstances did very, very admirably. I think it's amusing, actually. If we look now, USL Championship, uh, Team of the Week came out today, yeah. and uh, they named two of San Antonio's players for starting 11, which is comical to me. Tell me you're tell me, San tell Antonio me th- team. <laughs> yeah. that, oh, but this is, this is the classic in some ways of sometimes, look, tell stats me. are important. Yeah. Watching is important. Tell me you didn't you watch the game both. without... Tell me you didn't watch you the didn't game. You didn't watch the game. Come on. Yeah. At that point, right, I don't uh, care what you're doing. They created very little in terms of serious serious chances everything was in traffic everything oh, yes. was in awkward places oh, yeah. you know you look at those passes that maybe pass at least to a shot sure but if the guy's surrounded and is taking a shot in a really crowded awkward area that's not necessarily a good thing oh um, i just find it funny that again there's two people in the team in the week when san antonio have scraped by a playoff marginal playoff team right now in terms of they're sitting eighth uh, who played with yeah. 10 men for 80 minutes and that's apparently worthy of two of them getting in team of the week. That's, that's funny to me. It's yeah, funny to me because it's... doesn't make a lot... It doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. sense. Doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no. It, it, I think that's right. It's just where people don't watch the game. And I mean, listen, you can... The, the San Antonio goals, like, sure, they were nice, but it's like the fact that, A, it comes so late in the match 
And also, they weren't, not only, this wasn't one of those matches where, again, like we've said it on Saturday, Rosling wasn't just putting 10 men back there and San Antonio was having a, you know, coming up against a keeper that was standing on his head in Rocco or that, you know, they couldn't find any pathways through because everyone's just crowding the, you know, it, the box. They legitimately were at times getting outpressed where Rising was pushing for a second yeah. goal, almost got one. Yeah. That's the thing that's surprising to me is like when Rising went a man down, if anything, they became a bit more deliberate in their attack at times and San Antonio just didn't have any answers. That to me is the most baffling part about this performance. The more, the more I thought about it after Saturday. It's one of those things that sometimes, and I, I mean, look, we're going to talk about the Women's World Cup later on, but I, I can draw a parallel here kind of. People have been saying that actually Lauren James being sent off for England in some ways helped them. I think in some ways Manuel Arteaga being sent off for rising luck. You don't want it at the time that it happened. There's far too much there. But in some ways it helps you because it does force you to change the game. It forces you to change up how you're going to approach that match. When you look at the um you, you look at what they did in the first half, mm. they they kind of get their goal and then uh yeah, they attack a little bit and they do the exact same in the second half. They, they sit back though. Yeah. They sit back, they're they're willing to absorb pressure, they're willing to allow uh San Antonio to try and bring the game to them in a way that San Antonio are normally quite uh, a bit more of a transitional team. Yeah. Um you're you're really cutting down on those transitional moments. Now Again, it's hard to tell you whether Juan Guerrero was ultimately going to go down that kind of a route or not, depending on whether the red card happens or mm -hmm. not. But in this case, the red card forces the issue. It doesn't give you much option. It forces you to bunker in a little bit more. And again, that's just where San Antonio struggle. We saw it against Miami FC a few weeks ago. It's it's the way I think ideally, if you want to get a result against San Antonio, you've got to be willing to defend for large stretches of time. And hope that you've got enough quality back there that you can prevent them from doing something with the quality that they have. But again, I, I, don't, I don't know if necessarily on the face of it, it harmed them as badly as it yeah. could have, which is the interesting thing now. It's very I mean, that's the thing. Would you have anticipated a more open game possibly as a result of rising trying to play their possessive style trying to get up into the final third pass it around pry for an opening get caught on the break i think it's actually a really good case to be made that phoenix doesn't could have lost that game by more goals if they'd have finished the game with 11 men on the field you say that last part again i think they could have lost that game by more goals if they'd had 11 men on the field it's at very the end of it. it's very possible i just didn't I think being forced into that situation helped right the I is, again you're right by, by the time the end of the game comes they, they're exhausted they're dead they're done yeah. uh they, they, there's no way after 80 minutes you can expect them to be completely switched on as far as is possible i i, I just feel as though Again, just the forcing them to change things that tactically may have helped. Oddly enough, I'm not as surprised by the defensive performance as I was the offensive one. I mean, especially when you when you take out your leading goal scorer, uh, that's a pretty tough situation to be in. Again, that's why I'm surprised. Not only did they score the goal down a man, but that they kept on pushing throughout the match. Seeing Mikey's come, the team it had a ton of five, but it seems to only show up when we've been punched in the mouth. Got to find a way to motivate ourselves. Does seem like a theme for this team that they really do like giving up either the first, uh, either first goal or they shoot themselves with a foot, something like that. It does seem at times a little bit of a too little too late. At times they seem to be more they of a second do. half team. Seen Mavens, they do. See Mavens keep. It's part of the cover up of the nuts and bolts of the game. Definitely funny, but that's kind of where I push back on Mikey's point. Uh, Rocket made some good saves and so our offenders i agree but i don't think this was one of those where like heroic defending stay on their head there are moments for sure but this what this if you were to tell me that a team was going to go down to 10 men and they were deliver this performance 
I don't think I would have believed you when I said that Rising almost scored a second and that they were the more attacking team for many stretches during once that again, match. Once again, 28 shots of which five were on target to accumulated 1.72 XG. That's not high. That's not that good when you consider the sheer number to of shots. To clarify, for San Antonio. For San Antonio. Yes. Rising had nine shots, 1.42 XG. Yeah. All right. But I will, I'll, I'll push back on one thing you said there. You were a little bit concerned about how they do attacking, losing Manuel Artigaga. Danny Trejo's only scored one goal less than him this season. Danny Trejo, it's quiet. You don't necessarily pay attention to the fact that he's that good in terms of, you know, we know he's good, obviously, to watch him, mm -hmm. but you do wonder sometimes if, okay, is he doing as well as you'd, You'd hope in some of those moments. Um, as Manuel Atiaga, who's been more visibly leading the charge. But Danny Trejo's scoring a lot of goals. I'm not saying... He's 10. He's on 10. That's not even... It's not even disrespect to Danny Trejo. It's why would I want my leading goal scorer? I don't care if he's only one behind it. Why would I want my leading goal scorer taken out of there? Why would I want my second leading goal scorer taken out? Why would I want one of my focal point attacking guys? You can make the same claim for Panos. Like, if he was in there, who's not even near the top of the scoring charts for the team. Like, I... I to me... It's also the other thing, too, that we've identified with this team, that they do not have a like for, like, number nine replacement. I think no, that, to me, is or, uh, certainly not one where it's of the same caliber. And that, to me, is the thing that I find the most interesting and the most, I would say, favorable taking away from this match. Is It's not like they lost, you know, again, it's not even comparing apples to apples. But if you were to lose Panos or Danny Trejo, I think that is a significant blow. But while it's not the same caliber of guys, you do have people who can at least come in and at least positionally, there is some sort of similarities. You do not have someone who can take that burn as a, as a number nine, who's connecting play like Manuel Arteaga, who is trying to be that aerial threat like Manuel Arteaga. That to me was the most surprising thing. And again, the way the goal was scored, like we talked about, where Danny Trejo checks, checks to the ball, gives a little head fake and then boom he's off to the races with a beautiful through ball from carlos harvey that's something that is is not we haven't seen consistently in the dna of this team on a consistent basis we've seen that flashes but that to me is encouraging it is it is look and i still think though this is the thing danny trejo getting a through on the end of a through ball <laughs> and putting it away is a very danny trejo thing to do yeah um we've seen him we saw him do it in the last uh, game prior as well um against monterey bay it was Look, this this is something that he's very good at doing. He said all along, sure. his achievement, you know, his skill set really is when he finds himself in a spot where he's in behind that defense, mm -hmm. he's going to bury them. Oh, yeah. And he does. Most of the time, he does. I actually think if that initial uh, ball up to Manu, which he ultimately gets sent off for after it goes out for a corner, I think if he had been the one that was chasing that, I think it's 1-0 and Rising still has 11 players at that point. I think Danny yeah. Trejo scores that. I don't think Danny Trejo's caught in that moment. I think he buries it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it, I mean, again, we, we know the decision and how Arteaga reacted again, whether it's uh, was he was his fault, was his not, da-da-da. It's, uh, it's just tough. Can't put yourself in that position. But I think the thing that was interesting, right, is when we talk about, you know, Arteaga going off and how Ryzen was aligned, we have typically seen them matches very high up the pitch, utilizing their width almost like sometimes sometimes almost exclusively utilizing their width where they're whipping and crosses everything like that we saw a different shape from rising especially after Arteaga got sent off we did let's have a quick look now at the positioning uh for these and what you see there is there's only one guy really eddie manjoma who's outside of the edge yeah. of the penalty area line yeah. extended really it's a very narrow kind of setup. and that that goes to a lot of the frustration of san antonio right yeah. 
at the end of the day, they they Rising did a very good job of clogging things up in yep. the middle of the park, yep. of taking up those spaces in ways that are ultimately where is San Antonio meant to go? There, you cut out a lot of the space. They don't have a lot to work with now. They're trying to break through into the penalty area. They're not getting a whole lot of anything there. Um, they eventually find their goal with a handful of minutes to play. Yeah. Um, but they were they they were just generally. I thought it was a battle. It was just even just again. I think the fact that they had to bunker in that little bit. I, I was impressed to see that this team it felt could do so. That they were capable of doing that. Because we haven't really seen Rising go at it in that kind of a way in games. We haven't seen them have to do that. When you get close to the end of the season, sometimes you take a lead and maybe it's that last 10 minutes you've got to bunker. But if you can bunker like you did in that game, then you really, really are going to be in a good position come the end of the season. If you can find those early goals, if you can find the, the way to take that 1-0 in, the, you know, maybe in the second half, even you're only bunkering at the very end of it. It's, it's really positive for Rising. No, 100%. I think the other telling part about this, and this is actually pulled from Stalaki Reese off camera, is uh, this was actually right given, especially right, the Rising was down to 10 men. This was one of their lowest passing accuracy um, completion percentage performances of the season. In fact, only other one that was within that range opponent was against san antonio earlier in the season so um you know right i think it's doing more with less i think we've seen this time this team right at times pass to death almost to a fault almost at a times where there wasn't that sort of decision making that sort of emphasis to get creative and we saw a bit of decisiveness even with very limited offensive chances i think you know it's crazy and i, I don't get me wrong we want to see aesthetically play uh, pleasing football but if we're going to see it like this, where I would rather see Rising work a bit more of the middle of the pitch, have a bit more of those through balls and a bit of check runs checking in and then playing off of them, rather than what we've seen in previous matches, really what we saw for San Antonio, where you're whipping in all these crosses, it's not finding anything. Against San Antonio, they put in 60 crosses. Yeah. 60. Only five of them hit. That's that's what we've seen in a way from Rising performances, and it doesn't always work. No. No, it doesn't, right? And that that's the thing. Crosses that are aimless don't get you very much anywhere. Um, I think what we saw from San Antonio is this continual idea. Again, they were going to pump things in beyond the far post. And what they were going to do then, once it gets to the far post, you're going to head it back across. But that penalty area is so congested. The idea that you're going to win both headers yeah. in that kind of a situation, it's unlikely it's not likely that you're going to win both headers in such a way that the second header is particularly threatening as well. Yeah. Okay, that's hard to do. And that's the thing. Those crosses to me were just... It, it wasn't thinking through how to get the best kind of result out of that kind of scenario. And so, I mean, hey, cross, cross as much as you like. Have the ball as much as you like. you got to do something with it at the end of it. Amen. Man, you sure do, Devin. And the Danny Trago. I see what you did there. Very, very clever. Um... I was going to say, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird match, I guess, in context, uh, given the performance, given the results. They're both very polarizing, not necessarily from a table perspective. Where do you feel this leaves rising? I know we kind of talked about it a bit against the match after Monterey Bay, after that win, that 2-0 win on the road. Do you see this as something that can compel them forward or especially that they're going to have to adjust that Arteaga 
how do you see these ne- this next match and even beyond that progressing? I think people have kind of talk- spoken about it is would the ending of this game be deflating? And I, I think a little bit in the moment, but I don't think it is long run. Yeah. And I think, A, that's tempered by something else, which I'm going to touch on later. I'm not going to immediately hit on that. I think we should address the of course. the footballing side of things first. Of course. Um, what what you've got here is a um, just a, a situation whereby they have fought so hard, been received quite well for doing so. Yep. And I think this team coming together under adversity in a case whereby it was, yeah, we've seen it earlier in the season. I'm not sure if quite of the the same ilk as we saw in this game, where I think they genuinely did themselves so much credit that I can't have any real complaints. I, I mean, look, it's a rare one where we've seen rising drop points this season. We come out after the game. We don't really have a lot of criticism. Um, I think that we've... We've been quite quite critical of this team throughout the year. Uh, The fact that certain individual players have not stepped up to the level that we expect them to perform at. The fact that the tactics, when they're not working, aren't particularly enjoyable to watch when it doesn't work. Um, The fact that this team sometimes does indeed need that too little, too late kind of, you know, how how to really you know try and pick themselves up late in a game but it's it's far gone by that point that's not what we saw in this game um look those boys were gutted after that match i'd expect nothing less um but i don't think that they're going to go out of this long run especially in the situation you look at the coaching staff you look at the kind of ethos that that juan espouses you look at the way that i think He's going to go over there and try and lift them up. I think the supporters, in large part, have done the exact same and lifted them up in terms of just showing that, yes, they really appreciate the fight that those boys put out there in that game. Um, They earned the right to wear the shirt. That's the key thing there in that game. I don't think anyone can argue with that. There, well, there, some people will. There sure. are people on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, the, the, the clowns. We don't pay attention to some of the clowns. I'm, I'm tired, tired of listening to some of the takes. No, I, God, they yeah. are all. <laughs> I am tired uh, of it. I am tired of the pointless. Rant, 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 rant. No, I ranted on Twitter already. You did. You did. No, they've done that. This team wouldn't have done yeah. what they did in that game no. last season. They'd have no, it's, it, that, They'd have crumbled. And that, and that to me, that to me is the difference. It's like, listen, no one, no one is saying that wins don't matter, that the results don't matter. If this team misses out on playoffs, it is a categorical failure. I if, agree. In most, in most people's eyes, if this team doesn't finish in a high sitting position, or if they don't win a playoff game, a lot of people classify that as a categorical failure. This. This club aspires not just to place high in the West or to win the West. They aspire, genuinely aspire, and they have been uh, they have been admired for a long time around the league as one of those teams to win the whole dang thing. Anything short of that, in many people's eyes, is a categorical failure. However, you cannot take a look at that performance last night and reasonably compare that to last season or certain parts of the stadium saying one out it just it's it, that is not something look, that you cannot look at that game and reasonably say that is what should happen look again last year the reason and this is one of the things i've had people ask is like so why is it that now it's like you look at the performance overall there's not a huge huge amount of difference you know what i see i see a team fighting for their manager as well though right that's a large part of why we wouldn't have seen this last year the boys have given up on the season and they've given up on their coach that's not what we've seen. That's not what we've seen from this team now. 
That's not what we're seeing out there on a weekly basis. We're not seeing them go on a skid in the way that they did last year, where it's constant, yeah. constant struggles. We haven't seen any of that. There's nothing. I mean, they're even in a playoff spot right now. Yep. This point last year, when, when Rick was let go by the team, name me one person seriously, right? I mean, seriously now, who thinks that Rick would have gotten them into the playoffs last year. They wouldn't have. It, it, was, it, was, it was a different aura. It was a team where you're needing other people to drop points. You're looking up consistently at the table and everything like that. Listen, Rising needs to improve improve performances and get to those results. But it's not like that they are in the same type of mentality no. where they're just on a wing no. and a prayer waiting for people to drop off. They can control their own destiny. I do see Golden Man Pat in the chat. Oh, got the feisty OGs after the match. You know, not really such thing as a feisty OGs because it's actually quite the opposite. It is nice and relaxing for those of you out there. OGs brands absolutely love them. You guys love them. We've had people give me rave reviews about our friends at OGs brands because they're just that darn good, guys. You already know it, especially the Indicas help mellow this guy out or can do what they can anyway. The Sativas get a little bit uppity, but nothing too crazy. Even the happy balance, the nice CBD THC ratio. And my personal favorite, the minis. The minis, uh, you know, OG is always coming out with some fun stuff. And, uh, you know, they actually released a little video today. The minis are just uh, just fantastic. Really, uh, if, go check out OG's LinkedIn. That's a, that's a fun one, but check them out on LinkedIn. <laughs> check them out on LinkedIn. They actually okay. have a nice video. There you go. And I'm, I know they post it on other socials as well, but check out them on all socials at OG's Brands, uh, especially on Instagram at OG's brands also on twitter same handle you can check them out at ogsbrands.com to find them at a dispenser near you look at producer sean with a nice lower third graphing on there don't those flavors and packaging look absolutely delightful get some ogs in your system right now you must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly you know you don't have to be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly for friends at circle k friends at circle k man i already telling you guys get them polar pops you know you're not one but two Again, not one, but two. All you have to do is text PHNX to 31310. Again, PHNX to 31310. And, you know, you get you get uh, two Polar Pops. Again, literally, tech, get out your phone. Takes two seconds to do. See Golden Man passing by using my comments to transition. Max, I demand a portion of the ad revenue. I appreciate You know what, man? Maybe you do that. You text PHNX to 31310. Maybe I'll make it worth your while, but I will get you some Polar Pops. But, yes, shout out to our friends at Circle K. I was munching on some popcorn. Reese munching on some popcorn. They have the, the best in-house brands as well. Check them out. Circle K, premium gas, all that stuff. And fun updates for Friends of Circle K. If you haven't already uh, seen it, they're doing a nice, some nice gas initiatives, everything like that. Go check them out. Shout out USL. Uh, shout out USL. Oh my gosh. Shout out Circle K. <laughs> wow. I was reading my paper, which said USL, and my We've mind got, got sidetracked. Thing, though, really, to kind yes, of no, and, and so we, um... that's, that's what I was... Getting to, I wanted to make sure I gave our partner some love because listen, there's there's not there's no transition for this. Uh, it's, there's not a lot of love in the next no, part. No, We've spoken no, about what happened on the field. We've spoken about what happened on the field and all of that. We need to speak a little bit about what happened off the field for as sure, well. Sir. Um, look, it's inevitable, I think, and, and discussions need to be had over what's happening with warm-ups. With player warm-ups, how they're going to happen. Um, what we saw on, on Saturday and the way that there was a lot of... Uh, generally antagonistic behavior by the south end which you expect you expect um fans are gonna be annoying fans yeah. are gonna be annoying that, that's how it happens right they're there to be annoying yes max is buying beers by the way um but fans are there to be annoying they're not there to be just happy clappy this isn't organ playing sport you want that there there's other stuff that you just clap your hands or they drown you out with music anyway okay 
those sports exist. That's not what this is, right. okay? Now, there's obviously been... There was a mass confrontation at the end of the game um, sparked off various things. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll quote what rising coach, rising coach Juan Guerra um, tweeted, actually, on Sunday morning. Players protecting our supporters after the game. You combine that with the allegations being put out there by, of course, the Bandidos, right, a member of uh, the San Antonio staff making an inappropriate comment, directing it at their end. Very inappropriate comment, um, if what is being alleged is indeed true. Um, we also saw rising co-owner Brandon McCarthy uh, tweeting that it was something that they, he'd had corroborated by other supporters and staff. So we're in a point now where this is, this is a serious allegation. needs to be taken seriously. As of yet, there is no real reaction. Um, we have yet to see San Antonio respond in any way. That includes that I have submitted two requests for comment to them. Um, they have yet to reply to me in, in any way, shape, or form. So that's kind of where that is right now. Um, again, I will keep somewhat hounding them. Um, this shouldn't go away. Yep. Um, it's got to be dealt with, I think, it, with the seriousness that a, an allegation of that of that kind deserves to be dealt with. Yep. Um, and uh, to me, for San Antonio, facing that kind of an allegation to not come out and at the very least say that they're investigating it to try and reassure people they're taking it seriously, uh, that's something that concerns me. Um, I think that the very nature of the comment that's being alleged as well, it, it's surprising as well because you think about things, you think, well, Phoenix is a... Yeah, yes, I, I, I understand exactly why this guy has said what he's said in terms of the uh, potential intent behind it, but San Antonio is also a very diverse city. Um, I, I find it odd. I find it very, very odd. And I just, again, I can't get my head around why San Antonio is ultimately hoping, I think, that they can just bury this at the moment and be quiet. They are not publicly communicating anything around this allegation. To me, that's not good enough. That's not good enough when something gets this kind of attention, um, when something this serious is being accused. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. No, it's, um, listen, it was a, the game... Tensions were definitely high throughout the match, especially after the referee call, goal for rising, and then the two answering back from San Antonio. Listen, the temperature was high in that one, given the crowd and everything like that, but alleging what was said and what's been corroborated by multiple people, there's not, I mean, there's nothing you can say to that sort of thing, especially given the position of the person who said that and everything like that. Like, there's no place for that in the game. There's no place for that in society. It's just like, if you, I don't like, man, it, I, I, listen, supporters are going to be rowdy and everything like that, but that's not a way to respond to it. Like, that's that's weak. That's it's weak. poor. It's it is. poor. And again, like, yes, USL is going to be looking into it. Yep. As they do, yep. right? We expect those kind of things to, to happen, but it's, it's a problem whereby, again, I, I still feel... Phoenix Rising is going to comment. USL is going to vaguely... It's all vague. Everything they're saying is vague. Yes, of course. It's going to be legal. The usual. Into it. Yeah. But the, the problem is, is that, again, I still feel there's a need for some degree of... Uh, almost just a willingness to engage yeah. from uh, the team that's being accused of this. I think it's... 
it, it's it's serious. I mean, you you can't you can't do that in a football ground and and expect that that's going to go down well and that's the thing right i mean as michael says here the south end rattled them we we know they rattled yeah. them um but it's it's a point whereby if you work in professional sport you you can't say things like that no one should be saying things like that anyway but when you work in that kind of a position i'm sorry yeah. being rattled isn't a good enough excuse no no i mean certainly not to go to that level like absolutely no. like absolutely not they like you don't even know what to say man come on like don't like that's that's such a low blow it's just it's weak man that's absolutely weak um definitely beyond poor beyond poor um yeah man uh well yeah like, like i said we'll get we'll keep you guys informed anything we hear in terms of um, any news anything that you receive anything we hear from the league anything like that um speaking of the league it, you know i know we had a couple matches that we were talking about after um rising's match concluded anything that you want to highlight in terms of either match results or things to look forward to and really seeing where rising uh fits in kind of within the usl hierarchy of things yeah it was another crazy weekend in a lot of ways yeah um i mean we, we touched on this on the weekend of course miami fc putting four on el paso utterly bizarre utterly bizarre i mean that team is in free fall yeah. we're gonna have to talk about El Paso a lot more coming up on uh, our next show of course so yeah. Won't go too much into that one. We're going to save some good stuff for then, but they are dropping like a stone. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad news for Rising. Not bad. We'll take it. Not bad news for Rising. Uh, you're going to have a results there. Heart for Gettner. Kind of a sneaky win there over New Mexico at home. Yeah. I think that overall, that's incredibly helpful for Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Right? Any teams below like New Mexico's the world. Yeah. Them dropping points. Yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, no, New Mexico definitely heard was very rapid. They're one point one. behind Phoenix at the moment yeah. with the game in hand. Yeah. So any drop points for New Mexico is good drop points. Meanwhile, you look at RGV mm. losing to Vegas, which also keeps them at bay. It's good um, for good good for the good outlook for of rising. rising. Good, good for, for the rising. outlook of rising. If RGV had won that game, Rising would not be currently in a playoff spot. RGV would also be. more from a from a moral uh, more pride standpoint. Uh, rising was only, Vegas's only win. Not uh, not great. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll take that. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, I think those are the main things that really kind of stick out to me as impactful. Uh, Monterey Bay, of course, losing to Sac Republic. That's not a shock though. Um, it's kind of a result that you'd almost expect. So. Yeah, that keeps Monterey Bay outside again. Um, but besides that, broadly speaking, this team in that real mix, not not great. Uh, being an eighth, of course, never fun. But then you look at how close they are to other teams that are around them as well. Yep. Three points off a of seventh, three points off a of sixth, four points off a of fifth, five points off a of fourth. It's all touching distance. It's all doable. Oh, certainly. No, it's, uh, you know, listen, we're 12 matches left in this season from time of this show today. And even looking at the next five matches, it's going to be a lot of familiarity with Rising. It's teams that either they have played in the season or once they're going to play in pretty quick succession. Again, they're home to El Paso, away to RGV, away to, Ly to Vegas, home to SAC, and home to RGV. Again, it's a lot of familiarity. The West breeds familiarity. And, uh, you know, it's really difficult to either be an opponent twice, no matter either end. And it's going to be interesting for Rising. Exact some revenge in certain cases. But these are where these matches come down into play. It leaves Rising. You mentioned they were in a playoff spot. Where does that leave them in the table right now? All right. Now they are. 
Okay. All right. Okay. It's going to be a stretch of games, that's for sure. It is, it yeah. is. I think, again, though, look, we saw some of the positives in recent games. I think we saw this team ultimately went up to Sacramento, got battered, okay? Yep. No real shying away oh, from yeah. that. It was an atrocious performance. It was embarrassing yeah. for Phoenix Rising to lose that game in the manner that they did. They go to Monterey Bay, pull off a good result. They come home to San Antonio. Yes, it's a very daft decision in the first 10 minutes. They battle. They battle from there on out. I'm not feeling that negative about what I've seen ever since that collapse against Sacramento. I'm not feeling negative about it at all. Yeah. yeah. They're going in the right direction. I think like, kind of like you mentioned, the ethos of the team is uh, very much trending upward. Also, tre- yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Also, oh. for, for those of you who are uh, what, looking mm-hmm. on video, bad yeah. medium for audio, but also trending upwards. Friends of Valley Taproom. Friends of Valley Taproom, absolutely trending upwards. They've had those watch parties. They have the trivia. You guys already know, man. It's been a good time. Again, the dueling watch parties we had a couple weeks ago was a fun time. Definitely looking to do more of those. Uh, rumor has it there may be something uh, for Women's World Cup matches still to come if we can convince uh, Donald if you're watching. But uh, it's going to be a fun segment uh, in a couple of minutes. So we're not going to talk about that till now. But anyway, Valley Taproom, good time. Great beers, great people, uh, just good environment. Check them out when you're at the East Valley off the 202 and Gilbert. Follow them on Instagram at Valley Taproom. They're always posting different specials, different promos, different events that they have going on. Shout out Valley Taproom. Also, want to shout out friends at Four Peaks. And you can get Four Peaks at Valley Taproom. I've bought beers at Valley Taproom. Copious number of beers have been beers. purchased by this guy. Uh, yeah. Max is buying beers. Okay, we're done here. So, uh, yeah, Four, four Peaks, they got the Golden Lager. That's what Mr. Owen is sipping Indeed on I today. Am. They have Indeed the Green Tea Lager. Uh, there's been people who have been saying that apparently someone in this office needs to stock more Wow Wheat. They do. Yeah. They also need to clean out the fridge because it's a bit of a mess in there, Max. Okay, it sounds... I, I like my beers not messy i i enjoy the content sounds like more like a you the cans in a mess sounds like more of a you problem but uh yeah check out uh check out four peaks get some of your own and you can put them in your own fridge owen uh you can get them (laughs) you can find them at the you can find them at the a street pub you already know check them out on instagram at four peaks pub and four peaks brew check out all the events they're doing at the pub to check out all the beers they have all the fun stuff you must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly do we uh oh no uh, uh, that's that's honestly a really unfortunate really good transition uh, uh, okay um yeah it's gonna be fun to level producer sean um let's see okay going man pat the beer is bought by max chinks the u.s wins with his national team okay Let's get into it. Ah, gosh. Um, okay, for those of you who were up uh, like me on Sunday morning at uh, 2 a.m., which actually, shout out, da- shout out Damon. He gave me some of his, uh, we were at, uh, we watched the match together, gave me some of his nachos. Nice. Uh, I think he jinxed him. He was definitely saying a lot of things. Uh, I definitely jinxed him in the crew for sure. Yeah, but, rumor has it yeah. that the uh, U.S. were unbeaten in games that we had watch parties. <laughs> they were, actually. I mean... They drew and lost on the... Well, they drew and drew, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, did bet on, I did bet on Sweden. Uh, I'm just being honest. Hedging, emotionally hedging my bet. Now, granted, it was in a regular time. So, who could predict today? Nil, nil. Draw that goes into PKs. Uh, Everyone. Uh, uh, yes, that's, that, that's the joke of it. Ironically enough, it was the U.S.'s best attacking output of the tournament, which is kind of crazy because 
I think when I was watching it live, I think it was very much a stand on their head performance from the Swedish keeper. And I still hold true, but I also think that other than a few, I'd say one or two really good shots, I think the U.S. national team just kind of didn't really have that that clinical finishing. No. And that's not just because they didn't score any. It's not just because they didn't score any goals. It's like they were actually just taking some really bad angles that were pretty easy. Yeah, they were. They were. I've seen a lot of the discuss afterwards about how, you know, Alex Morgan and they play incorrectly to her. I mean, yeah, I can see that. I still think, though, there's a lot of space to talk about how just this team didn't click correctly. Um, I also think that when you look more broadly at how the. how they're going to come together in future years. There's a lot of talent on that team, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Good luck, though, working out how you're going to get them all on the field together and perhaps working correctly together. That's going to be the challenge. Yeah. It's going to be the challenge for the next coach, presuming that Vlatko does not remain in post. I'd be very surprised if he did, but of course that is not confirmed. Um, I'm not a fortune. I'm not a fortune not teller, but uh, I, would, uh, I, would say, I would say so. You're not a lot of things, Max. Anyway, going man, going man, Pat. Outside of maybe two shots, it was quantity over quality for the keeper. Yep. Okay, yeah. there, there it is. We got the Vlaco out there from Mikey. It's, it's, it's going to start. It's going to start. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel as though again, it's they weren't that good the whole tournament, and just putting it on Vlaco to me doesn't do enough. They didn't create enough. Yeah, otherwise, kind of needs to happen. I uh, know. I agree. Vlatko has to go. I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'd be very shocked if he doesn't go. I think. Let us channel our rage. Put a Vlatko out in the chat if you he's, agree. He's yep. Not but, done a good job there at all. No. Nope. Um. But oh, at the same time, all I'm saying is I don't think he's your only problem to deal with. Certainly not. I think there's a different, uh, you know, a larger systemic issue. I think it's not like that's the thing. It's not a talent gap. You even saw a lot of uh, young talent who were starting, who were key performers in this tournament. I guess for as well as a team can have key performers for finishing second and not really scoring too many goals. What four goals in regulation time in four matches. Uh, yeah, it's, um, listen, I think, I think it's not the, it's not a talent thing. I know you mentioned on previous podcasts on the last week's podcast that it's uh, probably a more issue in a lot of ways, right? Within the system that's coming through the domestic league. There's a lot of things. I think, right. It's a coaching thing for sure. It's definitely, I think it's a way we evaluate talent. It's not a question of the talent coming in, but when do you move off of some of the older squad? There are definitely some players who I think the thing that I saw was everyone was utilizing Megara Pino as, okay, she's like the secret weapon, all that. I'm like, no, dude, like she didn't really do she's much. She didn't really do she's much at it, all. Right? She had a really poor it match. It's intriguing when you look at it because I, I wonder if there was an element still of the lingering kind of goodbye tour that has been such a nice kind of stalwart of the u.s women's national team circuit whereby they would beat up on teams so badly that old aging players would still get their last little farewell the problem is they weren't beating up on teams this tournament yeah and they haven't been beating up on teams for a while really a a, a Um, three nil victory against vietnam and it was not it was not that decisive no no it wasn't it was poor it was poor right she's passed it she shouldn't have been at this tournament probably if she was at the tournament for reasons such as um, maybe you want her there for squad reasons. It happens. Sometimes you call players up like that. She shouldn't be seeing the pitch in critical moments. Yeah. And there were times when that's where she was being turned to. That's not her anymore. Nope. She once was. Not anymore. Not anymore. There's a reason that she's retiring at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, it's it's a tough it's a tough balance to strike because you definitely, you know, I think ideal teams they do mix in a bit of veteran experience with youth. But 
I think there was just, uh, you know, right. I think uh, what's it called? Uh, Digoli puts it really well. Vladko injuries, all the subs, no chemistry since Olympics, a lot of issues. I just think that this team really didn't find a groove. And in past tournaments where they're putting it in groove and everything as well. Also, Tori's uh, comment, the quality of other teams is getting better as well. Has gotten better. Yeah, has That's a good gotten point. better. 100%. I got into this big argument you with did. Michael before the game on Saturday when he was arguing, no, there's still the gap there. There's still the gap I, there. I, yeah, there's it's no gap no, there. No. no. Yeah, the US oh, scored in the 76th minute no. against an injured Welsh team. We've never qualified for a tournament. We have never qualified. The Welsh women's team has never qualified for a Euros, let alone a World Cup. So if that's who you want to compare yourself to, be my guest, compare yourselves to Wales. But that's an indictment on yourselves. <sighs> if that's where the standard is, this is a US women's national team that you were talking about a free peat, and now we're bringing up results against Wales in a warm up friendly. If that's where the quality of the discourse has gone, no wonder, no wonder you may got knocked out in the round of 16. No wonder. Hi, Harry, by the way. <laughs> I'm honestly just happy he didn't show up earlier. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, lot going on. Um, a gap, yeah, there's a gap. It's closing, but it's still Round there. Of this, is, this, this, this is agree to disagree. Round of 16. Yeah, low, lowest, uh, low, low, what, lowest ever uh, like, finish stop. for... You, you get knocked down US the quarters or semis, fine. Say what you want. Blame it on injuries, whatever. Round of 16. That's embarrassing. Not great. Huh, not great. Well, they're not, you know, if you're a U.S. fan, there isn't really upside to this loss. I guess if you're going to have to find a silver lining, A, probably all but confirms, right? Vladko out, uh, it, you know, don't even have to worry about, oh, if he wins, does Vladko stay? Even though people didn't want that. You don't have to worry about that. The other thing is it allows... <laughs> you never know. Oh, my gosh. You have, you have, you have a trust. Do you ever trust U.S. soccer no, to, no, to do the no. logical thing? Don't you dare. Don't you. <laughs> do you ever trust them to do the logical you, thing? No, Reese, the silver Reece, lining is, is not even not silver It's okay. Don't worry. No more Lauren the James. The other silver lining, I guess, is it does give U.S. fans a more unbiased opportunity to evaluate and watch the rest the of ads? this tournament. What? Are they still running the ads? Oh, gosh. I'm intrigued now. He's <laughs> like... Is Nike still... Stop. There's no way, man. There's no way. You think so? I don't know. That's oh, gosh. why I'm asking. Oh, gosh. I'm just intrigued if they're still running that nice to beat you ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well... Yeah, it would be one thing if they actually did that ad with someone who'd been to a World Cup before, but it's like... That's where people, when people say about arrogance and stuff, the Alex yeah, Morgan one with the gold. It's more of a marketing. It's more of a marketing play. It's trying yeah, to see. It's trying to the showcase the next with the generation. The Alex Morgan people. one with the golden boot. Fair enough, right? She's been there. She's done it. When you pick a player who hasn't been to a World Cup and you're running a nice to beat you ad, and then you go and I mean, if we're being honest, elite, if it elite. was Alex Morgan, that would have been way worse given the hindsight of tournament she had. Anyway, oh, no, this, this, she this was not this, good either. All right, th that, thank you. This allows us to then look at the rest of the tournament, see who's in there. We got the knockout graphic showcasing the teams that are left there. Oh, huh, yeah, the U.S. eliminated, right? You have some couple juicy, tantalizing matchups. Spain, Netherlands, Japan, Sweden, Australia, France, England, Colombia. Chad, I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Mr. Owen Evans, who do you like to win it all? Who do I like to win it all? Well, my prediction for the final still stands. So I'm going Japan-Australia final with Japan nicking it. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think I had I think I had Australia uh, in the last week's show winning the whole thing. 
I'm really convinced by uh, Spain's performance and knowing me, the anti-jinx, this is going to come back to absolutely haunt me uh, by the time these matches are played. But I really like Spain's performance. I mean, yes, I get it. They beat up against a Swiss side, but I think just the way they did it, very clinical. Yes, I understand they're going to have to run it. They're good chance if it's not sweden then they're gonna run to the buzzsaw that is japan if they win against the dutch but uh, yeah I, I i like spain give me give me give me give me nah let's see let's see d goalie japan nah. taking it okay 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 uh, i want to see anyone else in the chat but it doesn't just mean that's the only thing at play it means that our pool is still active and darn nigeria was so close but unfortunately they fell but means that we still have eight people in it with some skin in the game. This is Jake Man Anderson with Australia. Discount Jay! And I am Cardenas with Colombia. Emma Clark with Japan. She's looking real good, given that pick. Ken Nine Jr. with France. Fat Kid Komita with England. Uh, Stalaki Reese with the Dutch. Mr. Jose Bosch with Spain. And Charles with Sweden. Some heavy contenders out there. Again, that's the, grand That's the last date you'd expect them to be. It, well, thank you, buddy. That gives the grand prize, of course. A lot of things at stake, thanks to all of our partners, but a lot of people in it. So, George, my way you're saying, you're saying I'm to give these prizes to Emma? That's what you're saying. That's what you're well, talking about. You know what, Max? I think it's right about time that you really go out and get the people what they want. Get some items signed by Vlatko. What? That's the prize right there. Do you think I have? <laughs> come on. Come Charles, on. I have to face Emma the next go on round. I'm people will be well. flogging that. Surely oh, now. Everyone hates gosh. him now. Yeah, Char Charles, I have to face Emma in the next round. I'm scared, LOL. Charles, thanks a lot. You picked a team. Oh, no, the are we US blaming Logan team. now? Harry's got us blaming Logan. Interesting. I'm blaming that, Charles. Orange Charles, because he picked. He, he got Sweden, so. Orange okay. County's Logan. Interesting. Harry's picking Logan to blame. I'm picking Charles. Oh, I love Blaine you, Logan. love you, Charles. But, uh, yeah, no, okay. Devin, alphabetically, I'm first. I guess that's how lists work. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Again, Nigeria, I just want to say, uh, swan song, you know, toughest loss. Oh, robbed, 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 robbed of that penalty yes, you, in extra time. Robbed of that penalty in extra time. You want, you want, you want, you, you, you've been giving me this off air. You want to yeah, go ahead? We were talking go about ahead. how, like, yeah, yeah. you know, just to bring him back, just to bring him back to the ever classic, just to bring him back to the ever, ever classic of Harry Kane Sky. Oh, gosh, I didn't think this was happening. But it's the same foul. Spurs are it's top the club. same foul. Yeah. I mean, and it's not given, but uh, it's, it's okay. a bias. It's, okay. it's almost like there's bias. People, uh, people, they want to see it coming home. Far, they want to see it coming home. No, I'm kidding. I but, mean, there were two yeah, on-field no. reviews in that game already, which doesn't so, doesn't particularly reflect well on right, the referees. If you're going back to if prospects for the next stage, if you're going back to reviews and bar, bar, ball never crossed for you with, with his national team. I don't care. Can't tell me otherwise. Can't tell me otherwise. No, absolutely no, did. No, no, Charles, I bet Sweden future, so absolutely blame me. Oh gosh, Charles. I mean, obviously though, like looking pretty Rumor decent has it, right goal now. Goal line technology has your team in the mud. <sighs> they, had, they had two penalties. They could have scored and won it earlier in that game. Oh man. Oh, earlier man. in that shootout, they could have. I want to hear it. Okay, let's uh, let's transition out of this because this is they tough. blasted him, Harry Kane style. Let's mm. go. All right. Well, Charles is the beneficiary of picking Sweden. Another team because he is a diehard. Again, he got that extra pick. You guys want to become a diehard? Get extra picks in the next tournament we're doing. And, of course, there's many other things. You should become a diehard. Check out phnextlocker.com. Always doing fun things. We got events going on to get 20% off. Have a D-backs takeover. It's already sold out, but we're going to be doing more of those, doing more other events as well for all of our different teams. Become a diehard. Get a free shirt every year that you are a diehard, including a free shirt when you sign up. Get access to our Discord where people are always uh, constantly saying wonderful things about me, talking crap about Owen. It is absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, check it out. 
good time. And yeah, appreciate all of our diehards in the chat and joining us. Mr. Owen Evans, is there anything else we missed uh, uh, for the show? Hmm. No, golly man, Pat, no, we're not going there. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I think we've hit most of the topics. I'm still I'm still sticking my Japan. I'm still sticking my Japan. Uh, Stop yelling, Max. Okay, yeah. Stop yelling. Yeah, it's, it's yelling. Sam in the chat. She's used mm. to it. I, babe, I don't. I just have a loud voice. You know this. I just I just talk loudly. It's what I do. Um, yes, and. Don't forget when you're a diehard like I did. Good stuff, Harry. Yeah, thanks a lot for rigging the system. But hey, you lost, so we're cool. Uh, anyway, we're getting out of here. Appreciate everyone tuning in to the PHNX Rising podcast. Catch us on Thursday, where we do a little bit of a deeper dive against El Paso Locomotive. Choo, choo. You can follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore underscore rising because double the underscore. Double the um, hmm. I'm trying to think of what I want to go for. Double the mm, I want to think what I want to go for. You can follow me on Twitter at Max David Seriously. You could follow Owen on Twitter at OJ Evans18. You can follow producer Sean on Twitter at Sean underscored pause. You can follow oh gosh, Reese on Twitter. I don't know, Reese. What's your Twitter, dude? What? Reese underscore underscore eleven underscore. That is far. Oh, thank, thank you, producer. That is a uh, far too complicated. But yes, follow Stalacky Reese at Reese underscore eleven underscore. Uh, yeah, again, join us on Thursday at six p.m. Always gonna be a fun time, and it's a beautiful game. As always, always beautiful game. It's way more beautiful when Max bites beer. No, it's way no, no, no. Do not. Do-